Good morning, everybody. I'm not like Captain, I don't walk around, <laughs> wandering around. But I can still see you. <laughs> so it's Christmas time, right? The kettle workers are out ringing the bells. Has anybody seen them or been there? <laughs> the angel tags are on the trees at the malls. Have you seen them? Have you been working there? Yes, some of us have. People are spending all their savings on their presents for their loved ones. Who did that this weekend? <laughs> and the children, they're counting down the days till Christmas break, right? Yes. And they're very excited about that. But this also is the season of Advent or the Christian church. And the word Advent comes from a Latin word for coming or arrival. If you look it up in the dictionary, it defines it as one, the arrival of a notable person, thing, or event. Number two, the first season of the Christian church year leading up to Christmas and including the four preceding Sundays. And number three, the coming or second coming of Christ. So as you can guess, the first Advent celebration was when? The year Jesus was born, right? They were waiting. The Jewish people were awaiting the arrival of their Messiah. The one who would save them from the oppressions of the world. So Advent season is a season marked by a spirit of expectation, of anticipation, of preparation, and of longing. There's a yearning for deliverance from the evils of the world, which was first expressed by the Israelite slaves in Egypt. Do you remember them? As they cried out for deliverance, and Moses said, what, free my people, let my people go? We're going to talk about it. We won't sing that, And uh, so, Advent season is a reminder of all these things, but it's also about hope. It's about hope of being delivered by a God who has heard the cries of the oppressed slaves, and he brought them deliverance, if you remember that story from the Bible. It is the same hope, however faint at times, and that God, however distant, sometimes he may seem as well, which brings to the world the anticipation of a king who will rule with truth and justice and righteousness over his people and his creation. And it is that hope that once anticipated, we anticipate again, the reign of the anointed one, the Messiah, who will bring peace and justice and righteousness to the world. Doesn't that sound great? This is what we've been, uh, the Christian church has been celebrating for all these years. And it is also with that same hope and anticipation that we are waiting for what? The arrival of Jesus again, his second coming, his second advent. And you know, we too have to wait patiently for that. Just like the Israelites and the Jewish people so many years ago, they had to wait for the first advent, the first coming of their Messiah. Now, there's, there's a couple in the Bible that we're going to talk about today that had to wait, and their name was Elizabeth and Zechariah. Now, in the Bible, I'm going to be going from Luke, so if you want to turn to Luke chapter 1, and I'm not going to be reading the whole story, but I'm going to be telling you about the story um, right before Jesus was born, 
the story of Elizabeth and Zachariah. Now, Elizabeth was Mary's cousin. So, Mary is Jesus' mother, right? So, she has a cousin. Everybody's got a cousin they can relate to, right? So, her cousin was Elizabeth. And Elizabeth's husband was Zachariah. So, if you look at Luke chapter 1, at the very beginning, Luke tells you what he is writing about. All right? Right from the beginning, he, he tells um, his colleague named Theophilus, um, he's writing him a personal letter, assuring him that these are true and accurate counts of events by first-hand witnesses. All right, so this isn't a story that he made up or he heard uh, told from, you know, a lot of people. He had eyewitness accounts. And so he starts to tell them about this couple, and, these, and they were both from a priestly lineage, but yet they were unable to conceive the child. And you have to remember back in those days, well, number one, if you're from the priestly, like if you, you're you an ancestor and you're, they were all priests and stuff of these different tribes and stuff, then, you know, you're, you're going to be a priest and do priestly stuff. Well, if you didn't have a child, though, and you were considered barren, that could be shameful. And your husband could leave you and get somebody else. But Zechariah and Elizabeth were faithful to God. They, they prayed at the temple all the time. They were always worshiping the Lord. And so he's not going to leave his wife. And here they are. Um, and it was Zechariah, it was his duty that week to be at the temple. All right? So they all got a sign. And they actually cast lots to see, like roll dice or something, you know, draw sticks, to see whose turn it was to go into the inner part and burn incense to God. Because not everybody got to go in there. But Zechariah was chosen, he got to go in there. All right. So when he was in there that, that week, he was burning incense to the Lord, and all of a sudden, this huge, giant, I'm assuming ball of light, <laughs> Huge presence enters into this um, holy place with him. And Zechariah is extremely frightened. I would be too if this big thing showed up appeared in here and started talking to me. You know, I'd think, what in the world's going on here? I'm, I'm hallucinating or something. But it was the angel Gabriel, and he had a message to give to Zechariah. And the first thing he said is, Do not be afraid. Do not fear. And he begins to tell them that God has heard your prayers. You ever wonder sometimes if God hears your prayers? You're saying them, you're like, am I just saying this and it's going nowhere? You know, sometimes we feel this way. And he said, we, I've heard, God has heard your prayers and he has sent me here. And we heard your prayers for a child. And, you know, God's going to answer your prayers. Now, have you ever heard of the story back in the... Old Testament of Sarah and, you know, how she got pregnant when she was older and she, they didn't believe it. Well, Zechariah and Elizabeth were up in age, okay? They had kind of gone past that. They were too old to be having kids. They had prayed for years, and I'm sure they finally got to the point where they decided, you know, this isn't God's will for life. Have you ever been into that, in that situation? I've been praying for years and years and years for this to happen, and since it hasn't, it's not God's will, and I'm just going to move forward. Well, God's timing is different than ours. <laughs> and so, for Elizabeth and Zechariah, 
you know, that it was a surprise to them. Now, not only does he say that they're going to have a child, but they're, that he's going to, they're going to have a boy, and they're going to name him John. So they don't have a choice in this matter. This, this is, you're going to have a boy, his name is John. And, um, and he is going to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, that's awesome. Like, how do you, you know, what, what do you think? What do you think he was going through Zechariah's mind at this point? What? <laughs> we're going to have a kid, and we're going to have a boy, and I'm going to have to name him John. And the most important thing, though, is that, Gabriel told him, is that his son John would prepare the people for the coming of the Lord, for the coming of the Messiah. Now, I don't know about you, but I think I would be overwhelmed. I would have many questions. And, and Zechariah, he just said, well, how can this be? There's no way. He just wanted this so bad, but how can this be? And he wasn't only questioning the birth of his own son, but he was even more confused by the fact that he was going to be preparing the way for the Messiah. The Messiah, the one that the Jewish people had been waiting for for all these years. Thousands of years or however many years they've been waiting for, and my son's gonna to get to participate in that. How can you how many of you have children in here? They don't have to do with you. And you and you imagine you being told that your child is going to be this, you know, messenger of God, this person that's gonna prepare the way for this spectacular event, and how would you you know, it's kind of overwhelming. Then you feel like you have this weight on your shoulders. <laughs> But right? So he he just didn't know what to think. And so he said, How can this be? And Gabriel responded by saying, God himself sent me here to tell you this. This is true. It's really gonna happen. And because you don't believe, because of your disbelief, you're not gonna be able to speak until the kid's born. So now he can't speak. So he can't even go tell, you know, he's so excited he wants to tell everybody. Now you're going to have to wait because you're early. I'm not really sure exactly. Um, there was probably more to it than that. But he wasn't able to speak until his son was born. Now, if you think about the story of Zechariah and Elizabeth, it's kind of a small scale of the large story of Israel and really of all creation. Because their story is one marked by waiting and hoping, right, for their child. They, um, they would be waiting for years, and then, you know, they had to come to the realization that maybe this wasn't going to be part of their, something that they were going to get to experience in their life. They weren't, they weren't going to have, um, to experience the joy, you know, of having a child. You know, they, they thought that they would never be able to see this come true. And here an angel's telling him, yeah, it's going to happen, and, <laughs> and it's going to be greater than you could ever imagine. That's what I like to do. Things that are going to happen is going to be greater than you could ever imagine. And so, this is the sense that marks the Advent season. It's a time of waiting, longing, and hope. And we remember that, you know, because of our sins, we are separated from God. And we want God to deliver us. You know, that's kind of the, the theme there from Advent as well, for deliverance. And... The longing of Israel as they waited for the promised Messiah. You know, and, and like Elizabeth and Zechariah, 
Would it ever happen? Is the Messiah going to come? Is it really going to happen? And when? Well, despite his disappointment, and we'll go back to before the angel came, despite the disappointment that he, he may be feeling, he could have been bitter, but what was Zechariah doing? He was in worship. He was still worshiping God. That's exactly, he was working. He was continuing to do what God had called him to do. And, you know, um, sometimes when we don't get what God, what we're asking God for right away, do we become bitter at God sometimes? God, why haven't you done this for me? Why haven't you answered this prayer? So then you may turn against God. But he didn't do this. He continued to faithfully worship God and praise God. And then, you know, out of all the blue, here comes the angel, you know. God has heard your prayers. Do not be afraid. And this is the great promise of Advent. To not be afraid and to know that God hears your prayers. We're all in desperate need for a Savior. And God heard our prayer. So we are reminded that we serve a God who hears our prayers and who moves with compassion and mercy to answer them. So think about what prayer remains unanswered in your life right now. What are some things that you've been asking about? What need, what fear, what obstacles are threatening you? Because God is saying, do not be afraid because he hears your prayers. He hears you. And we have to trust God to answer according to his will and his wisdom. And his love for you. And he also wants you to draw near to him as he draws near to you. Not to run away from God but to draw closer to him. After Zechariah had completed his week at the temple, what do you think he did? He rushed home to his wife, although he couldn't tell her. He probably, guess what, you know? He probably wrote it out in sign language, I don't know. But he rushed home, and about a month, month later, guess what? Elizabeth became pregnant. God fulfilled his promise to them. And when his son was born, guess what? He was able to speak again. And, um, but he worshiped the Lord anyways the whole time. He worshiped him. And so if you want to go to Luke chapter 1, verse 68, I'm going to read the phrase that um, after Zechariah got his voice back, he praised God publicly. And this is, and I'm going to read it. I'm going to read from the New Living Translation. Um, but it's the same. And he says, praise the Lord the God of Israel, because he has visited and redeemed his people. He has sent us a mighty Savior from the royal line of his servant David, just as he promised through his holy prophets long ago. Now we will be saved from our enemies and from all who hate us. He has been merciful to our ancestors by remembering his sacred covenant, the covenant he swore with us an oath to our ancestor Abraham. We have been rescued from our enemies so we can serve God without fear and holiness and righteousness for as long as we live. And you, my little son, will be called the prophet of the Most High, because you will prepare the way for the Lord. You will tell his people how to find salvation through forgiveness of their sins. Because of God's tender mercy, the morning light from heaven is about to break upon us, to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, and to guide us to the path of peace. Isn't that amazing? He's so excited, and he's so full of joy, he's saying this, he's talking to his little baby. So, 
if Advent teaches us anything, we know that God is, is, is in the business of bringing about the impossible, right? After generations of waiting and longing and hoping in the darkness, Advent is that first sign of the dawn. We see that God is on the move and the impossible starts to become commonplace when he draws near. Isn't that awesome? Don't you want that to be common to you, miracles and, and the impossible? They can. We have to have faith. We have to have faith and believe that God knows and has our best interest in, in mind, right? That God does love us. He is there for us, yes? So this morning, I want you to take a break from the worries of your life and worship God for who he is. Just get in, just... You know, um, some people say, quiet your mind. I don't know if that could ever really happen in my mind, but, <laughs> and, you know, instead of focusing on the things that I'm worried about, am I going to have toys for the children this Christmas? I know I am. God always provides, you know? Mm -hmm. He always does. We get have enough money in our kettles to provide food and shelter for, for families in San Antonio. Yes, because God, God's going to provide for us. You know, we have to stay in an attitude of worship. We have to have an attitude of hope. And trust that God's going to take care of us. And it's not always going to be like we want. But sometimes it's going to be even better than we ever hoped for. You know, all Zechariah and Elizabeth wanted was a son. Or a child. I guess they would have taken a girl. <laughs> they wanted a child. You know, and they, they continued to praise and worship God for their life. Even though they, didn't, they just thought that it wasn't going to happen. You know, and God gave them a miracle and a blessing. And not only that, just remember, Elizabeth and Mary were cousins. So who's Jesus? Jesus is related to them as well. So they have two amazing miracles in their family. You know, God really blessed their family. You know, and they were thankful for that. And I'm sure, like, through the coming, the next coming Sundays, we're going to learn more about the, um, the coming of Jesus and the things that Mary had to go through and Joseph had to go through and, you know, the people had to go through. And, you know, it started right here, because God prepares his people. And, and in John, you know, if you read, and you read about John the Baptist, that's who this baby was. And you'll see what he did in his life, and, and the, the great impact that it had on us today. He didn't know he was born for a special time and place, but, you know, that was what he, God had called him to do. And God has plans for each and every one of us in here, too. Even this one right here. He was dancing earlier, I saw him. He was worshiping God. But God has a plan and purpose for all of us. But we can't give up hope. We have to continue to live for God and worship him. And he's going to make it even, whatever, I can say personally for my life, God has made it even better for that moment. And I continue to worship God and, you know, teach my son, raise him in that way. So this morning, I'm going to let um, Captain come and give us our altar call this morning and give us an opportunity to worship God. This has been season's first time out about the things that I've been finding myself stressing out about. 
And I will be the first to admit, and if anyone knows me well enough, they will know. Waiting. Just waiting. Not even patiently. I can't even get that far. I can't wait at all. <laughs> waiting is something I struggle with. And I find myself having to take a step back. And I can't imagine what it would have been like all those years waiting for the promised Messiah. Waiting for it to happen. And it going so long. I mean, we wait for things, and if it doesn't happen in a month, we begin to think it's not happening at all, right? We've talked about how I'd like Polaroid cameras because they give you a picture right then and there. But the thing is, is we're kind of like that as a society, aren't we? When we're in need, when we have matters of prayer, we want answers right away. And every now and then, more often than I'd like to admit, I have to remind myself that God is a God who answers prayers. And I like to remind myself that there are not unanswered prayers. We might think they're unanswered because we don't like the answers he's given us. But I like to say that there are three texts. There's yes, and it's given to us. There's no, and that's the one we like the least. But then there's wait, which is the one that tests us the most. And it's that waiting. Zechariah was probably able to explain to Elizabeth what was going on. So they proceeded to play that waiting game. Wondering. And we play that game too, don't we? That waiting game where we pray for things or we ask for things and we wait. So we're going to take some time in prayer. And you know, the other day I found myself praying for it. They said that patience isn't something you should pray for because God doesn't give you patience, but he does give you the ability to develop it. But the other day I knew, I was convicted. I said, you know what? Lord, I know I'm going to need it. If it's going to take some trials, if it's going to take some temptations for me to be able to develop it, then, Lord, all I ask for is your strength to be able to wait. So we're going to take some time in prayer. And if you have something that you are waiting upon the Lord for,
Take this time of prayer. The altar's available. Just continue to lift it up to him. But also, take this time to pray for his strength in your lives, for his guidance, that as you're in the state of waiting, you may still be living a life pleasing to him. Because sometimes we treat this waiting period as time of limbo, and we don't even want to do anything. Whereas God is actually guiding us. And if we were to follow him, he would be guiding us out of the waiting period. But we get so tied up. In anticipating the answer. That sometimes we can even overlook it. So we're going to take this time in prayer. Pray that he be given us strength. to wait. That heaven help us, he help us to develop patience to wait. That he helps us grow in him so that when it comes to waiting, we realize it is not a hardship. Because our God is a God who is faithful, who provides and who comes through for his children time after time, and he will do it for us. All we need to do is wait upon the Lord. Take this time in prayer. We need the altar. It's available here. If you would like us to pray for you, we are more than welcome. <laughs>